Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Listen again to God's word from Amos chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Woe to you who are complacent in Zion, and to you who feel secure on Mount Samaria, you notable men of the foremost nation, to whom the people of Israel come. Go to Kalna and look at it. Go from there to Great Hamath, and then go down to Gath and Philistia. Are they better off than your two kingdoms? Is their land larger than yours? You put off the day of disaster and bring near a reign of terror. You lie on beds adorned with ivory and lounge on your couches. You dine on choice lambs and fattened calves. You strum away on your harps like David and improvise on musical instruments. You drink wine by the bowlful and use the finest lotions but you do not grieve over the nation or the ruin of Joseph. Therefore, you will be among the first to go into exile. Your feasting and lounging will end. This is our text for today. One point three or four billion, I forget which it was, that's how much uh, recent winners of the lottery won. Now, they had to split it among three people. What a shame. They only got a third of that. It still turns out to be, say, $450 million. What do you think about that? Is it going to lead you to go off and... Uh, Buy a bunch of lottery tickets, thinking you can win that. You can have it made like those people now you would think have it made. Lottery tickets don't tempt me. There's only one time in my life that I bought a lottery ticket. And uh, it was because we were having company in Florida. And uh, Universal is where they wanted to go. So they had a deal. If you bought a lottery ticket, you got like, $10 off a ticket to Universal or something like that. So I figured, all right, I'll, I'll buy a lottery ticket and get those uh, reductions in the ticket prices at Universal. So I saw I was at a place where there was like a vending machine with lottery tickets. So, okay. I didn't have any small change, so I put in a $20 bill and thought I'd get change back after buying one ticket, maybe two tickets. That machine did not give change. So I wound up having to buy 20 lottery tickets. And I think I won like uh, $4 back. But anyway, so that did not you know, improve my temptation to buy lottery tickets. I, I think it's pretty much a waste of money. But say you bought a lottery ticket and you won all this money and you think, now I've got it made. Well, would you have it made? There, there's been, you know, probably more than one book, but I know one book for sure studied all these past lottery winners, and they found out those people, their life was really sort of destroyed by winning the lottery. 
Many of them wound up uh, blowing it all or having constant uh, distant relatives ask for handouts or whatever, and they did not have it made. Now, maybe it's not through the purchase of a lottery ticket and winning the lottery that you would think you got it made. Maybe there are other things that lead you to think, I've got it made. I married the perfect spouse, have perfect children, have the greatest job. I've got it made. Well, uh, be grateful if that's uh, what you're experiencing at this time. But also realize that uh, earthly possessions, earthly associations, all those things can come and go. You might have it made one day and you get fired the next day. Other problems can develop, illness. Um, what we need to realize, though, that as Christians, we do truly have it made, but not in a way that comes and goes. We have it made in a permanent, earthly, and eternal way. And that is because of our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior. We've got it made. We want to uh, think about that concept as we look at our text this morning and be thankful to God that we really do have it made. And what makes us think this is so? Well, we have it made because we're God's chosen people. The children of Israel, at the time Amos wrote the words of our text, people in the northern kingdom, at least the, the prosperous people that Amos is referring to, they do seem to have it made. They seem to be living in luxury. They had a lot of good things going for them. Rather victorious in the battlefields. They had prosperity all over the place. It had it made. But what do we know about the future of the northern kingdom? Future of Israel? Well, they blew it. They had it made one day, and uh, they were led gradually to more and more rebel against God. And they were led into a civil war. And then they, both the northern and southern kingdoms, the kingdom of Israel and of Judah, were led into captivity by the Assyrians and the Babylonians. Yes, at the time of Amos, they, in the northern kingdom, had it made. But Amos is warning them that that can change. They were God's chosen people, but they... Uh, turned their back on that position. Now, we are God's chosen people. doesn't matter what nationality we uh, descend from, what the color of our skin might be or whatever. We're God's chosen people. We were chosen by him to believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior. We were given the faith that we have in Jesus, chosen to inherit eternal life. 
as a result, we can then make the statement, it is absolutely true that we have got it made. But, like children of Israel, we can uh, tend to turn our back on that chosen position. We uh, consistently sin by thought, word, and deed. We uh, all too often forget about God, ignore Him and His Word. And if we blow it once too often, then uh, we go from a position of having it made into a position of being damned eternally. Go on, though. How else have we got it made? Well, we've got it made because we have been promised untold blessings by God. God showed his love for the nation of Israel by promising the people and earthly homeland, promising that the Messiah, the promised Savior, would come through them, and thus promising them an eternal homeland in heaven through faith in that Messiah. But unfortunately, again, most in Israel eventually forgot or rejected those promises. Being chosen by God, we are assured that what God promises us will come true. Don't doubt that. Forgiveness of sins, life, salvation are at the center of God's promises to us. Regardless of what our earthly life throws at us, remember these promises. Trust that they will come true and then smile knowing that we've got it made through Jesus Christ. So the facts are clear. God tells us that he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He promises that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He assures us that if we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, then we shall be saved. These passages show us that we have it made eternally. But we don't have to wait until we're in heaven to declare we've got it made. We've got it made now. God promises now that all things work together for good to those who love God. And he gives us confidence that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And he comforts us with the knowledge that God is faithful. God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. Trusting in these promises for the here and now and for eternity we then know beyond a doubt, yes, we've got it made. Now that we know that we've got it made, how are we going to respond to that knowledge? Well, complacency can unfortunately be a response. You know, we can sit back and say, oh, I've got it made, and then not uh, do anything to feed our faith in our Savior. 
Amos starts our text with a warning for the complacent in Zion. The most holy city, Jerusalem, was filled with people who didn't seem to care about what was happening in their country and in the surrounding world. They didn't care that God was being ignored and that their society had become more and more idolatrous. They didn't seem to care that God was not really a part of their lives personally or nationally. Well, today, how many complacent people are there when it comes to a relationship with God? They don't care. Do we at times fall into that kind of a relationship? Are we complacent or apathetic and God's word and the news of our Savior don't really mean all that much to us? Don't be complacent. Continue to be hungry for the word of God. Also, we might react to having it made by a feeling of security. You know, we got it made, so everything's fine. If we do this, we are to be sure that we avoid false security. Amos warned those in Samaria and in the northern kingdom of Israel about feeling secure. They seem to think that... Uh, they were invincible. Before too many years, Assyria would show them that they weren't invincible. They would utterly destroy the kingdom of Israel, the northern kingdom, and cart off uh, the vast majority of the people back to their homeland into slavery. You know, we might think we're secure. And as long as we put our trust in God and focus on our Savior, we can have a sense of security. But don't let it become a false sense of security because we let our guard down. Burglaries happen when people think, oh, my house is completely protected. Well, it that is a false sense of security found out after thieves break in and steal possessions from our house. Our security is to center on God. We're told that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He shall give his angels charge over us to guard us in all our ways. God being with us leads us to securely sense that we've got it made. So yes, we can feel secure, but again, at the same time, be aware of the devil. We might react also by uh, giving advice or seeking advice. Don't be misled by wrong advice. Amos points out that the people were not asking God and the prophets for directions. They were going to the wealthy people, the people who seemed to 
earthly wives have it made, surely they can help us also have it made, was their thinking. It's only natural that people go to those who are well off and ask their advice about things. We're blessed, and people might sense the fact that we're blessed, and they might come to us and seek advice. How come you handle these problems the way you do, and so on? Well, if that is the case, direct people to the right source of advice, and that is to God. Make sure that we don't get our advice from the wrong sources The wealthy, the false prophets, they give a lot of advice. Some of it might be good as far as earthly things go, but it's not good as far as eternal future. Find out how to get lasting success to remain having it made, then uh, turn to God. Get your advice from his word, and then share that advice so that uh, others can also know that they've got it made through Jesus. Our reaction should show that we recognize our unworthiness. We don't have it made because we're better than others. Amos told uh, the people, think about these three cities that he mentioned that were pretty prosperous. And he, he says, you know, was... Israel outwardly any better or worse than those cities? And the answer is no. And yet God showed blessing upon blessing on them. We too can't claim that we're better or worse than others, and yet we've got it made. That isn't deserved. Israel is really a very stubborn and rebellious people, yet God patiently and lovingly dealt with them. Pretty much the same can be said about us. All of our righteous acts are like filthy rags before God. And yet he patiently and lovingly deals with us. He forgives us due to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Next, having it made leads us to be prepared for the future. In Israel, the attitude was one of expecting things to keep going the way they were, and everything's going to be just great. Well, the Lord would let them get away with what they were doing. That's what they thought. He wouldn't take action against them if at least... Not for a long time. Maybe the next generation would suffer, but not them. We and others can find ourselves playing a type of uh, Russian roulette spiritually. You know, oh, let's wait till tomorrow, and then we'll get serious about Jesus, about what uh, he's done for us. Warnings about sin are ignored with the attitude that Tomorrow will come and we'll change things then. Well, tomorrow might not come. And if we have that attitude, we'll probably keep that attitude for all the tomorrows and keep pushing it off until we don't even think about 
making a change tomorrow. We can't ignore being ready if we want to continue to have it made. Israel was warned that their actions were going to bring on a reign of terror. Facing God without faith will be a frightening experience. One will not have it made if not ready to face trials and tribulations that come or to face the end of our earthly life or to face the return of our Savior on Judgment Day. You know, if you have guests that show up all of a sudden and you're not ready for them, that's sort of panic time. How much greater panic to not be ready for the Lord's coming more and more into our life. Also, we look at our text and we see the people there were celebrating. They were living it up. They were drinking wine by the bowlfuls. They were... Uh, you know, enjoying their wealth. Most of their wealth came through sinful means. And their drinking bowls full of wine led them to have a cloudy outlook on life. We ever get caught up like that? Where, why well, we're really living the good life. So much so that God is pushed out of our focus and we're enjoying the possessions we've uh, obtained. We're enjoying the company we keep instead of first and foremost enjoying our relationship with the Lord. We need to think clearly, spiritually clearly, People in Israel, they were, could say, confused. They uh, were into the way of thinking that led them to not really understand the clear picture of sin and grace, law and gospel. They were using stimulants to cloud their reasoning, their thinking spent the majority of time concentrating on what wasn't really important. We ever find ourselves doing that? I am unfortunately sort of addicted to college football. I spent yesterday afternoon here uh, watching on the computer in the office area watching, unfortunately, my favorite team uh, get beat. We all have things we have to be careful. We don't let those things overcome what's really important. Yes, we can enjoy things in life, but don't get carried away to the extreme. We've got it made. Let's be sure to act in the way that will keep us in that position. Israel didn't. And the last verse of our text says, Therefore you will be among the first to go into exile. Your feasting and lounging will end. They lost their focus. They lost their 
possession of eternal life. They lost their position as chosen people by God. If spiritually dozing off, we need to wake up and realize what we have. And realize that it can be taken away from us. Those who stand are told to take heed lest they fall. A lukewarm Christian is really only an eyelash away from not being a Christian. Be hungry for God's word, for this is the word of life. So Lord, thank you for giving us victory over the forces of evil through Jesus. And because as a result, without a doubt, we have got it made. Amen. Please rise. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep our hearts and our minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.